Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to Everything We Love About Disney, the Disney podcast with a description in the name because it's where we talk about everything we love about Disney. I am your host, Tommy T, along with my co-host, who happens to be my wife, Gina. Gina, thank you for being with me, here with me once again. Of course, thank you. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's been a minute since we did a show, but we're excited to get into this one. Uh, and I'm just, we'll just jump right into it, I think. I don't really want to delay any further. So today's episode is all about the bars and lounges of Walt Disney World. Uh, you know, as we've grown older, it's become a bit of a pastime to experience uh, not just the family-friendly sides of Disney, but some of the, you know, more adult-driven things that they have to offer, and those being these uh, bars and lounges that have really come into prominence over the past decade or so. I think they uh, used to be less common or, or harder to find, and now you see them all over the place. So, so when I say Disney bars and lounges, Gina, what do you, like, what's the appeal there for you, and what do you enjoy about that experience that they're offering? Sure. So I think to start, um, Tommy and I are two millennials who grew up going to Walt Disney World. And like he said, now that we're a little bit older, we're in our 30s now, um, we don't have kids yet. Um, and so while we don't, we might as well enjoy the parks, just the two of us. It's a total blast. And one of the ways that we like to just uh, take a rest and... Um, you know, take a minute from just running around the parks and just relax. Uh, I think we're in a good position to do that. Well, again, while we don't have kids, um, I know uh, when you have big gatherings, it can be a little difficult, a little squirmy maybe to, <laughs> to accomplish this, but um, that's why they have the beer carts in the parks <laughs> where you can just kind of walk around and, and enjoy a beverage and not have to worry about um, being seated for too long. But for us, we really enjoy that, and I think for so many years, um, we did run around for a long time and, and certainly still do that to a certain extent, but we really love just slowing down, too, and I think the bars and lounges are a really great place to do that, um, and so I'm really excited to talk about some of our favorite spots because each ambiance I think is is very unique and very different yeah. very special of course that's why we love Disney <laughs> because um, all the parks are that way all the hotels are that or the resorts are that way so um, yeah let's let's jump, jump yeah in. just to go off that you hit on so many good points one being that the Millennials I think in the past it wasn't as common for 20 somethings to go like child you know the the quote-unquote childless Millennials um, you know I don't think it was as common for for our age group to go without children back in the day and now that it you know we grew up going and now that we are going um as adults it's kind of what opened the door for for these bars and lounges to exist and um you know kind of set up disney to say hey we should take these things to the next level so i want to knock out two that definitely take things to the next level um, and I'm gonna go by them pretty quickly because we've talked about these on past episodes. Those being Trader Sam's at the Polynesian and Nomad Lounge at Animal Kingdom, which is attached to the Tiffin's Restaurant. Uh, go back and listen to those episodes. We did a Tiffin's and Nomad episode and a Polynesian episode where we went into more detail. So I don't want to rehash too much of that, but those I think would be at the top of both of our lists or towards the top anyway. Nomad being what you were saying, a perfect spot to get away from the, the crowds and the heat and the madness of Animal Kingdom and the Polynesian to be just a super fun escape and, and night out. Uh, the interactivity, the theming, the drinks, it's just pure fun and joy there. So 
Um, anything you want to add about, about those two? No, just to say that those are probably our favorites. Uh, heavily themed, yes. really fun. Uh, you could just spend lots of time there and, and, and watch the world go by, yes. literally. Yes. Um, yeah, so go listen to those episodes for more thoughts on that. So uh, we'll move past those now for some other bars and lounges. So Gina, what's what do you want to start with? We're not really ranking anything this time. We're just going to kind of go back and forth on some favorites. So, so what do you got? I'm going to start with uh, the lounge that really changed my perspective on the concept of bars and lounges in the park specifically. Um, I'll be honest, I was I was kind of anti-bar for a long time because I just thought like, oh, you know, it's it's just adults trying to get away. But truly, that is the beauty of it. <laughs> and so, um, you know, after after one of our Run Disney races, this bar had just recently opened up in Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. It's called Baseline Tap House, oh, and yes. I think it is very underrated because I think it's it's a prime spot um, right before the entrance to Batu, which now I think it may be even more overlooked. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for a place to relax, um, again after a race, it was the the marathon weekend. It had just opened. We got there at 11 a.m. when it opened. Uh, we got ourselves a couple beers. Um, the menu is catered more towards like a California theme. So a yeah. lot of the um, brews on tap are um, California breweries. I think almost all of them, right? Yeah, they they yeah. try to, yeah, because it is playing, that area is playing very much into the California theme. So I think just about all the beers and wines are usually California. Right. So we got ourselves two large beers and a cheese a charcuterie plate and a big pretzel and we just sat under a, a shady umbrella outside and we just watched people come and go and it was really pleasant it is a great spot to just relax to people watch uh the music is really cool it's it's funny you'll you'll sit down you'll be like oh it's just some whatever some elevator music some background music and then you'll start to realize like oh these are like lounge covers of hit pop songs yeah it's really cool so it'll be like whatever it is it'll be a, a madonna song a beatles song a i don't know a adele song yeah, uh, whoever cold play Cold right you too like just all these like top 40 songs being covered in like a lounge style yeah like jazzy smooth yep. elevator music almost yeah. you, you could miss it without even right you also you'll just hear a lyric or a melody be like wait i, I know that right <laughs> how do i know this it's always fun to figure out what the next song is as it comes on and, and just you know like gina said the the charcuterie is amazing the pretzel's amazing and there's always a rotating uh draft of um of beers and wines to, to choose from so it's a it's a great spot that being said i think it has been uh usurped in the way of uh hollywood studios well, bars and i'm sure tommy's gonna go into it right yeah now. Now let's go into <laughs> it now because here, here's the thing like i don't think it's been usurped as far as uh a relaxation and a getaway right. and a nice like hey let's stop for a beer kind of thing but if you're willing to put in a little more work and do a little bit of more uh craziness you can stop off at of course Oga's cantina and galaxy's edge um you know i think that uh, you know again sometimes you need a reservation to get in sometimes they're just kind of beckoning you in because it is a little lighter and they're very certainly in the in the in the morning yeah they're very agile there with like Hey, we'll get people in as as soon as the spot opens up. They're gonna fill it somehow. So um, that was the first time we went. Actually, we didn't have a reservation, but we went early for an early opening at Galaxy's Edge, and 
they were like, hey, open seating right now. And like, you know, just basically <laughs> barkering people out outside <laughs> uh, just, just to come in. So, uh, you know, in the morning you can get a couple of breakfast items they have there and, and some coffee drinks as well as um, some spiked <laughs> coffee drinks or, or breakfast drinks. Yeah, so that's that's what I appreciate about it is that it is family friendly. And even though it is a bar, it's it's so heavily themed. You feel like you are in a Star Wars movie. Um, but there are so many offerings that are non-alcoholic. There are a couple snacks. And so you feel like you can go there and there isn't an expectation that you need to belly up to the bar. In fact, they, they tell you where to sit just so that they can keep things flowing. Yep. And you have like a dedicated waiter, whether you're at the bar or at one of the shared tables or wherever you are, even if you're just standing at like there's, a, there's some standing spots, right? Yep. So wherever you are, you have a waiter that comes or waiter or waitress that comes to you and takes your order. And like Junior was just saying, like it's not about getting drunk or like, you know, having hard liquor. Like it's really, it's not that kind of bar at all. So even if you are not a big drinker or you're not uh, old enough to drink or, or whatever, or you just want to have like that one cocktail for your whole trip or a non-alcoholic cocktail, like it's about giving that experience of being at the cantina in a, in a you know, sci-fi movie, this being of course in the Star Wars universe, but you don't even need to appreciate Star Wars, I don't think. No. I mean, it helps, but... Just like, you know, you don't have to be a huge tiki person to go to Trader Sam's. You don't have to be a big, you know, Star Wars person to go to Oga's. You can still have fun. You can still see the, the DJ Rex uh, animatronic. You can still see the weird creatures and, and decorations and things that are around and experience the fun that goes along with that. And you can get yourself a fuzzy tauntaun, which is a non-alcoholic drink with uh, the foam on it that makes your whole mouth tingle. So, <laughs> uh, and and so you know they they really do theme every single piece of your experience there, and that's again it makes it a hot ticket. It makes it sometimes a little crazy and crowded and loud, so it's not like true take a break material, but it is a uh, an experience in its own. So that's like it's almost like the third attraction at Galaxy's Edge to me. Right, and and. Just like another, uh, just like any attraction, there is a finite amount of time that you can experience this um, bar. So I think they give you what forty-five minutes. Uh, yeah, they might be changing that from time to time. I don't know, but at, early on, yeah, they were kind of like, "Hey, you get your forty-five minutes, you get a couple of drinks, uh, maybe a snack, and right, then, two and drink then, uh, maximum." Yeah. So which again, I who knows what happens after this when things open right. up, but I don't know. We're going to have to see what that looks like. I'm sure they're always changing, but uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I appreciate them doing that so that they can let as many people in as possible to yeah. experience it. But uh, to Tommy's point, it's not a particularly relaxing experience. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, all right, so that was mine. So what is next on your list? Yeah, so we're going to move out of Hollywood Studios, and I would say... Um, in the spirit of really relaxing environments, uh, we're gonna head over to Wilderness Lodge. Um, Tommy and I have been to the Territory Lounge, which is within uh, the the actual lodge itself, and that's a really nice, relaxing experience. Um, it's certainly uh, modest, you know, it's not heavily themed, but uh, it does the trick, especially if you're waiting for a reservation or if you just want to, you know, relax and enjoy the Wilderness Lodge, which we love to do. We love to take a drive over there and experience that. So that's kind of like the 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 backup um, <laughs> lounge for me because the last time we went, we experienced Geyser Point and I just had such an amazing time there. Um, we had perfect weather. Mm -hmm. It was afternoon. The sun was 
just about to set. It was still pretty light out, but the wind coming off of the breeze coming off of the water was beautiful. It's an open air, you know, there's a roof, um, but they're really, you're out in the open essentially. And it was just so beautiful and peaceful. And I had, I was so relaxed. I felt great. I agree. I put both these on my list as well. And yeah, it is both those spots are great because of the high theming of the Wilderness Lodge itself. So even though the bar doesn't offer a, you know some crazy experience like Trader Sam's might or something, you still can make an evening easily. Like if you have an evening where you get in, you're like, hey, I don't want to burn a park ticket tonight, or like we just want to get away from the the madness. I I would suggest highly going over to Wilderness Lodge, walking around the grounds, taking it all in, going to the shops and stuff, and then getting a, a meal or a drink at either of these places. At um, Geyser Point, I had an excellent uh, bison burger. Yeah. That was really good. The, the uh, bartender essentially convinced me that I should get it, and he was absolutely right. So <laughs> um, they got some good food at Territory Lounge as well. So, like, again, we're talking about bars and lounges, but it's not just about uh, pounding drinks. You can definitely just uh, get a nice bite to eat without one of those coveted reservations. I mean, you know, you don't need to, to reserve a huge expensive fancy meal every night these are great options for that as well so just something to take into account if you're just looking for different ways to do your to do your disney trips right cool um so let's see where do i want to go next <laughs> i'm gonna go here because i'm sure you probably left this off your list knowing it would be on mine um a few years ago my family and i uh discovered a hidden gem of Walt Disney World. <laughs> she knows where this is going. And that is the Jelly Rolls Piano Bar at the Boardwalk. Again, this is not a relaxing thing, so we're going kind of ping-ponging between relaxing and, and more experiential things, which I, which I like. Uh, for the uninitiated, uh, Jelly Rolls, again, is a dueling piano bar that does requests only. So basically, you've got two grand pianos up on stage, and guests go up uh they have napkins on each table with little pencils and you write or pens and you write down your request leave a little tip leave that on the piano up front and uh, the piano players basically go through the requests and play just about any song you could possibly think of no chord charts no lyrics no nothing they know these songs and maybe once a night do i see them not know a song and it's some like obscure like oh can you play this Brandy Carlisle B-side and it's like no we can't do that <laughs> but <laughs> other than that any song you've ever heard on the radio or anything like that they can play it cold and it's really impressive the harmonies they're bringing in you know using the, the pianos as drums and tambourines and other bits that kind of are traditional uh, you know just jelly rolls gags and stuff like request rainbow connection and see what happens it's uh you know there's fun little sing-alongs that they do of course the whole night becomes a big sing-along with the yeah. whole crowd and everybody becomes best friends by the end of the evening and this is somewhere where you can spend easily two or three hours and just make again make a night out of it it's uh, a fun experience you do need to be uh 21 to get in at all right i don't even think they let you in if you're not 21. I, I believe so. Yeah. And and there is a cover charge. And there's a cover. It's probably one of the only places in all of Walt Disney World like this that has a, a cover of, I think, $12. Which, not super cheap. But again, you've got these performers that are working their butts off uh, for you. 
and it's uh, it's really dinner and a show. So I, I I look at that and the tips is like you're paying for a show. It really is. Yeah, they don't have food though. They have they have popcorn. Free popcorn. So there, you get that. That's all. Twelve dollars goes to the free popcorn. Yeah. And um, that's mostly just to you know give you something salty so you stay thirsty and keep ordering drinks. But <laughs> it does help after a couple of drinks to, yeah. to shovel some popcorn in your mouth. So uh, yeah, something to keep in mind there. It is not somewhere to go for. Um, a nice drink if you're looking for something, you know, a mixologist or a nice beer and wine selection. Do, yeah, do this, not go here. <laughs> this is very much a bottled beer and well liquor kind of place. Um, but, you know, there's a time and a place for that. And yeah. this is it. Yeah, if you're there with like a, a bachelor, bachelorette party, if you are, you know, with a uh, big group of people and you're kind of looking to. Like blow some steam off, you know, like maybe even talking to each other nonstop for three days straight or something. And you're in a group of adults and you need to just, hey, let's have some fun and, you know, get away from that dynamic. This is a great way to just like, hey, let's belt out some Bon Jovi and, and have a couple of drinks and, and that kind of experience. It's really fun. Space is limited. So oftentimes um, if you get there a little bit later, there won't be any seats available, but you can always... Kind of hang yeah. in the back, especially and... uh, post Epcot fireworks. A lot, yes. of, a lot of people stay to Epcot or the studios till closing, and then falls right over to Jelly Roll. So if you can get there before nine, or even better, like around eight when they start playing, um, and you're guaranteed to get a decent seat. Anything after like nine thirty, it starts to be standing room only, and you yeah. gotta be, get lucky to get a seat. So right. All right. So next up. For you, what do you got? Yeah, so I think the next one is another uh, new bar. We're going to head over to the Grand Floridian. I'm glad you... I, I knew you were going to put this one in because you've. this is probably the only one here that you've been to and I haven't. Right. So take it away. So, um, you know, we. I will start by saying that Tommy and I had very mixed feelings when we had heard the announcement of this bar to, uh, opening just because... Um, the Grand Floridian is a very special and sentimental place for Tommy and me, but more so him because his family would go um, any chance they could get. But um, this is the Enchanted Rose Bar in the Grand Floridian lobby uh, on the on the second floor. Um, it took the place of Meisner's Lounge, which, granted, was outdated. They had the sunken yeah. in seats. It, it was difficult to find seats um, and it just, it could use a refurb. Uh, but the fact that they chose Beauty and the Beast as a theme for uh, a turn of the century Victorian uh, seaside resort was a little, uh, it made us scratch our heads a little bit and it still kind of does yes. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but the way that they incorporated this bar, it is beautiful. From the chandelier, if you look uh, straight underneath it uh, represents a gold rose theme to um, the textures in um, the upholstery that they chose for the seats and the uh, couches to um, the wallpaper and the, and the color scheme that they chose. It keeps it very bright. It's very modern and beautiful, but it also still has just a touch of... Um, I would say Rococo French design, which is in keeping with the uh, more recent Beauty and the Beast theme. Um, so it's it's very elegant. I would say that it does fit there to to an extent. Um, so I have a happy memory of attending or going to this bar because um, it was just after uh, Tommy's sister and I got our hair done for um, 
Tommy and my rehearsal dinner um, for the wedding weekend. So we had just gotten our hair done at Sense's Spa and that was really lovely. And then we just had about an hour to kill. So we went to this new bar, which had just opened literally that weekend. Um, so this is now the second bar that Tommy and I have been to where it like literally just opened. Well, at least me. What was the other one? Uh, Baseline was pretty oh, new. Oh, Baseline was yeah. very new. Yeah, yeah. That's so, right, that's so right. we just happened to time these things correctly, but... It was so fun to just go up to the bar and my maid of honor joined us and each of us had a glass of champagne and we just felt so luxurious. <laughs> um, so this is certainly the type of bar where if you're looking for something a little more fancy, high class, um, you know, you, you want to be bougie, this, <laughs> this is the place to do it. Uh, the menu's expensive, I will yeah. say, because it's French wines and French champagnes, and those outside of Walt Disney World are expensive. So you know, add the add the upcharge of of Disney prices, and um, it's not cheap, but it's elegant. It's it's worth experiencing, and if you're a Beauty and the Beast fan, it's a must do. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, so I was obviously not there, so we did the next day do a little. Uh intrusion i don't know didn't we hop over we didn't hop over but like we took it was closed and we kind of like took a quick peek inside and yeah it is it is beautiful the theme still doesn't quite sit with me uh as well as i wish it did but uh it is nice to have a a new bar there because like gina was saying the old one was just getting a little bit outdated not fitting in with the rest of the sort of newer lounges that have been at the newer resorts and that's going to transition me to my next one actually is uh, another thing we went to that is very new and we went there pretty soon after it opened is at the new grand Destino tower at coronado springs yes uh has two very cool bars there we only actually drank at one of them which was the barcelona lounge on the ground or even like sub ground floor mm-hmm. sort of it's sort of a split level when you walk into the lobby and there's Below the lobby level is the lounge, and I found this to be very relaxing and a nice way to, to get away. It's beautiful uh, architecture. The you just have to look up a picture of behind the bar has this incredible mosaic Stain, style. It's like stain. It's like stained glass that has it's illuminated. Yeah, and it's meant to look like the uh, Familia Sagrada. Sagrada Familia. Yeah, yeah. Sagrada Familia from Barcelona. From Barcelona. Um, so yeah, we had a great time there. Again, this was the night before that Enchanted Rose night, so we're just kind of like this is our most uh, you know recent trip. We had we got to do a lot of firsts for lounges, and and I think we're just kind of running through a lot of those right now. Yeah. But it was just a great opportunity for us to do a lot of these types of things. Where we did want to take a minute and just uh, have a beverage and relax from all the wedding planning and and madness and family and things. So. Um, yeah, this is literally like the fourth or fifth one we brought up, experience we brought up from that trip. But yeah. it just was like the perfect trip for this sort of thing. So it I was. think you'll find opportunities for these sorts of getaway moments. And yeah, so the Barcelona Lounge there is in the lobby again, but still like you feel secluded. And then up at the top, we went and had dinner at, um, what was the name of the restaurant? Uh, uh, I know it. The, so the Dahlia Lounge right next yeah, door. Yeah, so I was going to mention the Dahlia Lounge, which we didn't actually drink at, but we walked through. I would love to go to. That's on my yes. list of places to go. 
great. And I don't know why I'm blanking on the name of the tapas place right now. Um, <laughs> I know, me too. Well, I'll probably think of it in a moment. And right when you start talking, I'll probably think of it. But yeah, so there's a tapas place at the roof of the Grand Casino Tower. And kind of adjacent to that is the Dahlia Lounge, which, you know, is a little bit more of a typical hotel bar. It has like TVs over the bar and stuff like that. But it also was a very relaxing environment and you are on top of the Grand Casino Tower with an incredible view of Hollywood Studios Toledo. I kept wanting to say Topolino, but Gina just looked up that it is Toledo and those are confusing because they're both at New Disney Resorts on the top floor. Right. <laughs> overlooking uh Epcot and Studios. So yeah, you could see a lot from the top of uh Grand Casino and just a beautiful spot to again take a take a minute to yourself and, and just enjoy the environment instead of running from thing to thing. Right. All right, do you have a, a next one? Yeah, so I'm gonna go into a, a bar that I have never actually um, had. A, I've, I've eaten at the restaurant, but I've never sat at the bar, and that is California Grill at the Disney's Contemporary Resort. I have this on my must try. I have been to California Grill over a dozen times I think at this point but I've never actually sat at the bar and I think it's a great option for people who either can't get a reservation or you know you're a party of two adults and you just want to get up there and you want to experience the view um, and get in early um, it I'm sure it does get pretty backed up as the night goes on especially uh, those who want to catch a glimpse of the fireworks I believe they have some kind of situation um i don't know how frequently they do this but if you if you eat there at any given time uh they do allow guests to come back to experience the fireworks Uh, i don't know if they're still doing that but um that's great because oftentimes what we would do in the past is really uh figure out what time the fireworks were at and then try to get a reservation that went around that so that you could have the perfect table the perfect viewing spot Really, viewing the fireworks at the Magic Kingdom from the Contemporary is is probably my favorite way to experience it. I'm going to piggyback on that and also add Top of the World Lounge yes. to this um, because it's very similar experiences there. Uh, top of the World Lounge is, of course, on top of the Bay Lake Tower, so the other part of the Contemporary. If you know, you have the A-frame building is where the California Grill is, and you have that kind of C-shaped building. You know, the curved building is the Bay Lake Tower, and uh, you do need to be a DVC member or be with a DVC member to get up there. And uh, the line to get just into the elevator about half an hour before the fireworks will be long. So make sure to get there about an hour before if you can, if you want to watch the fireworks from up there. And right. They and have... you don't want to be taking those stairs. You could, but. But you have to check in, though. I don't <laughs> right. Even know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess you could check in and take the stairs up. What is it? 15 flights? Yes. Something yeah. like that. So, uh, yeah, you don't want to be doing that. And, um,. You know, that bar, I think, during the day, I've never done it during the day, I've only done it in the evening for the incredible views. It's probably a lot more relaxing during the day. At night, it does tend to be a bit crazy, but it is beautifully themed. It has uh, this incredible concept art of the monorail behind the bar, yeah. a huge thing, and, and, and some other concept art around the bar area. And then there's a huge patio, outdoor, just sort of standing area. There was other seats out there and all? I'm not sure. 
I think if they are, they're propped up against the wall, not yeah, so much not towards much. the front of the viewing area. Right. So then everybody kind of lines up against the, the railing of the wall there and uh, watches the fireworks. They pipe in the music. Same thing with California Grill. Both both spots, they'll pipe in the music so that you can get the full experience of the fireworks from there. And it's just uh, like Gina was just saying, it's a great experience, a different perspective on everything and just beautiful. I love the mid-century modern um, decor. It, it Looking directly into Space Mountain, I've always felt that the contemporary and Space Mountain have the same aesthetic. Like yep. that mid-century Tomorrowland, the 1950s version of what the future will look like. Uh, and the, especially the way that the bar it is curved. Uh, it's in keeping with the architecture of the building. But then they also have this beautiful like private booth where they have illuminated right. uh, images of um, early renderings of Tomorrowland, mm-hmm. and that just blew me away. I just think it's a really cool spot. It is, and I, again, this is every once in a while this happens where don't take me a hundred percent, but I believe I just read this recently that that Contador of the Monorail behind or somewhere there's there's a drawing done by Bob Gurr, design uh, vehicle design specialist. <clears throat> that he actually took the liberty of signing. Oh, cool. I think it was the one behind the bar. I'll have to look that up. But, yeah, so you can actually see his signature that he did recently, which is for something he probably drew <laughs> 60, 70 years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's something. amazing. So that's fun. Um, So I kind of took yours over. Do you have another one? I have one or two more that I wanted to go through. but Yeah, so I think another one that I've always wanted to go to that we have never been to together, at least, is uh, back to Hollywood Studios. What's interesting about Hollywood Studios is that it used to be a completely different park uh, growing up, but now things have certainly changed, things have evolved, tastes have evolved, um, but I just hope that they never lose that true Hollywood essence, you know, that... 1940s, 1950s, uh, the Hollywood that will be in... The Hollywood that never was, but always will be. Right. So I just love that. I love sci-fi. I love all of those um, elements. And so the Tune-In Lounge is a place I've never been before. All right. So here's the thing about Tune-In Lounge. It, It should be great. It should be a perfect spot. The problem is... That they use it for overflow for primetime check-in. Oh. So I think that if you go the right time of day, it's probably great. I the last time we went to primetime, we checked in, we had they had like kind of a backed up wait, and we went in there. I think we got it, we grabbed the drink with my family. And you know, it's the kind of environment where it's fine for waiting for your table for ten minutes, but you've got like just people just shuffling in and out and loud and you've got angry kids like (laughs) climbing all over the chairs and stuff like that so um i think if you maybe on a less crowded time or night i I don't want to judge this you know 100 percent. it's it's terrible but i think that it it, if you get to see the bar it's probably good right and and that's how i'd want to experience it of course but there's also like tables outside the bar that that's where you're kind of just like the idea of like you know a bunch of people like standing right behind you. Yeah, yeah, we deal with that living in Boston all the time. <laughs> we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, remember restaurants? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the reason I have it on my list is because I haven't actually spent a good amount of time looking at the decor in there. Yeah. 
and they have a really cool uh, cocktail menu that is unique to that bar. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, they have what's called a peanut butter and jelly smoothie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm very intrigued by that. Of course, that's Tommy's, one of his main food groups. It's peanut butter, yeah. But I would even say like peanut butter and jelly. Yes. You know, just like Buddy the Elf, like peanut butter and jelly is a food group. (laughs) Uh, so I would love to try that, and I'm sure they have other really cool, like a Cosmo, you know, some funky 1950s themed cocktail. Like that's, I'm all about the theme and the experience, and I think if we timed it right, it would be really fun. Yep, and a pro tip for TuneIn Lounge as well, some of the other lounges we're talking about that are connected to a restaurant, uh, for instance, the California Grill Lounge, you can order off the restaurant's menu sitting at the bar. Ah, so if you manage to get a seat at that bar, you can order off the primetime menu. Same thing for California Grill. You can order off that menu. We've done this at Citricos mm-hmm. a few times at the Grand Floridian, which I had on my list. I don't have a lot to say about that because it is kind of just a bar attached to Citricos restaurant, but you can order off that menu, which is excellent. So just, just a pro tip. Yep. Uh, all right. So the next one I'm going to say is one we haven't been to in a while, but I want to get back to, and it's Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. Yeah. At Disney Springs. I want to make sure Disney Springs gets some representation here because it's become pretty, you know, bar-ish centric. I mean, not that there's a lot of straight up bars like this one, but they're definitely like the, the late night culture, right? Has, yeah. Has uh, taken a big step there. So uh, for those that aren't in the know, Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar is loosely themed after Indiana Jones, Jock Lindsay being... The uh, the plane, the pilot that picks up Indy in the first scene when he's being chased by the uh, by the natives there after he gets after the whole boulder thing, he gets chased by the natives. He jumps into his, <laughs> the the plane, and Jock Lindsay is his pilot there, and it's a very obscure reference. I'm not sure how they landed on this, but landed nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but so all of the drinks and all the food items, not all, but a lot of them has some sort of reference to Indiana Jones and the decor is really at the level of a Nomad Lounge or a Trader Sam's even where there's just these artifacts everywhere. You feel like you're in an airport hangar and it's just a really fun experience. They have a lot of cocktails, a lot of interesting cocktails and uh, beers and wines and things too. So you can really get adventurous there. Again, a pun, but like that's what they're trying to do. Right? They're trying to give you this adventurous sort of bar experience and uh and i would add too that um in in keeping with uh that theme that storyline when you look at the menu there's a narrative there yeah you open it it's a leather-bound book very similar to nomad's lounge it's got that like that that, like lambskin uh feel uh, yeah like the pages and then each of the menu items there's a little anecdote Uh, about a character or an adventure they had or yeah, an animal done, or it's, something. It's done as if Jock Lindsay wrote the menu and he'll be like, yeah, yeah this, this is the story of how I discovered this drink or this thing or whatever. Um, they have a few good food items as well. So you can easily make a, a dinner out of that as well. So And, and I, I think you can get it if you're not over 21 too, which is good. Um, I think that's all I have to say about that. So what's Great. up next for you, do you have anything left in your list? Yeah, so I would say the the final spot that came to mind for me, um, getting out of uh, Disney Springs and into uh, Disney's Yacht Club. I had um, this one too. I think I did. Tommy and I uh, 
when we have a Yachtsman Steakhouse um, reservation, we are very excited for that and oftentimes find ourselves showing up early. <laughs> so we, we will have a uh, drink at Cruise Cup. And I like that little bar because um, the whole the whole theme of the resort is New England and I grew up in this Boston area. And so the Cruise Cup is very in keeping with Massachusetts and um, all of the crew regattas that we have here uh, on the Charles River every October. So I just feel like, I don't know, it feels like a college bar to me, but not in like a scuzzy way, in like a elegant, blonde wood, yep. evergreen color theme. Like it's, it's just a fun little spot and it's exciting because the anticipation of you're about to eat a beautiful steak dinner <laughs> is what gives me the nostalgia behind going there. But there is another lounge that uh, recently was renovated that we have not yet been to. We've been to lunch, but we haven't sat at the bar, and that is Ale and Compass. Yep. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so again, keeps with the New England theme. It's always nice to fly a thousand miles to go uh, <laughs> to a bar you can go to in your backyard. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. No, it's really, but it's, it's fun because it's like the, again, sort of how we were saying that Hollywood Studios is the Hollywood that never was and always will be. This is the New England that never was but always yeah. will be, right? It gives you the New England flair with like this elegance. It doesn't really exist everywhere. Yeah, you know? like the nautical is yeah. just uh, turned up. Yeah, yeah. So, Ale and Compass, again, a newer place, but it's just uh, another nice, relaxing sort of lobby bar and restaurant, but it's off a lobby enough to where you feel like you're secluded and... Yeah, I don't know. Like like Gene said, we haven't been at, to the bar yet, but we had a really nice lunch there with some hearty New England-style food. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just kind of fits that middle ground between like going to a really fancy steakhouse like Lake Yossman right down the hall, but you know, also getting a burger and fries somewhere is not always like super satisfying. So this is a great in-between option uh, because it's hearty, uh, you know, home style food, but with a certain elegance and nautical flair that gives it a nice environment too. Yeah. All right. So I'll finish with my last one that I wrote down. And it's funny that we haven't touched on Epcot yet because there are just so many little places to grab a drink. There are the, like genus of the beer carts. There usually is some kind of festival going on. And so it is a lot more of that uh, <laughs> Fast and Furious style of, of bars there. So there's not a whole lot of spots where you can just take it easy and, and be secluded from the madness that can sometimes take over World Showcase or Epcot in general. But uh, one that we did discover a while back is Tutto Gusto, the wine bar. Oh my goodness. At yeah. Italy, at the Italy Pavilion. And... You would walk by and not even know it's there at all. And I regret even saying this on a podcast because now you will know it's there. <laughs> and it's, we've only been there once. It was actually our first Disney date was at uh, Tudo Gusto Wine Bar. <laughs> and again, if you don't want to make reservations or you don't you know, want to deal with the hassle of uh, being in a crowded, crazy restaurant where they're kind of hustling you out the door as fast as possible, this is a great spot to grab a glass of wine or a bottle of wine or a couple bottles of wine. And uh, a few either appetizers or they have some pasta dishes and and good food that you can just uh, sort of saunter up and and get. There's no reservations. It's just first come, first serve. And quite often, again, it's not that crowded. It is dark in a, you know, 
literal sense. It is, you know, candlelit almost. It feels like that's all they have is candlelight. And I'd say it's one of the more romantic places you can go to on property, especially in a park. I can't think of anywhere else in a park that can be that sort of, in like besides a restaurant, right? And even most of the restaurants though are not super romantic, right? Yeah, I would say it's it's intimate because it's it's certainly smaller, yeah. uh, especially when you're considering the other two Italian restaurants in that pavilion. Um, but I will say too, it's very authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in the way it looks, and certainly the the menu, of course. But you know, I spent a semester abroad, and and I lived in Rome, but I also traveled all around. And the way that these little small restaurants, like you, just happen upon it on a street, they have the glass case with all of the uh, offerings that you can select from, and of course they have the menu as well. But you just kind of find yourself at a high top table, and uh, all of a sudden you're being served this delicious pasta and it just i felt transported when i was in there and i'm shocked that we haven't been in since we should i know we should go check it We're out usually so focused on a festival right I think exactly that's the thing right and it's like oh we want to try the, the festival stuff let's not you know i don't want to say waste but let's not you know take our eye off that basically yeah and right to Augusto, <laughs> maximize our festival time well, we, we will have to go and at least get a, a glass of wine and an appetizer or something because it is a, a great recluse from, or recluse is that the word whatever the word is from uh, relief from the craziness of, of the epcot festivals right all right so is there anything any like honorable mentions you want to just rattle off and say a quick word about or anything i had a couple more that i didn't have a ton to say but i just wanted to give them a mention anything you missed i i had a I had a shorter list because I just did what came to mind. But yeah, why don't you go ahead and list the others? Just a few I wanted to mention quickly. One being the uh, staying in Epcot, the Rose and Crown Pub is fun. And oh, I love that. A little bit of that Jelly Rolls-like yeah. experience with the piano player and uh, British pub feel to it. So that's a good spot, especially if there's not a festival going on and you want to grab something. And, and they have cider too, which mm. is kind of hard to find when you're not uh, in a festival. Um, sometimes yeah. booths will have the... the the cider but to get a nice pint of cider i love that yeah um i had wine bar george at disney springs we kind of popped in there this wedding trip yeah as well. i'd like to take i'd like to, go, to there. go back yeah um i wanted to give a shout out to the animal kingdom walk-up bars yes which if you want to grab a drink there there is the safari bar i believe is the name of the one near expedition everest there's the Yak and Yeti walk-up bar, and then there's the Dawa bar in front of um, Tusker House. I love that. Yeah, and these are like cool little spots where there's usually a unique uh, beverages on tap or like beers, or they have like some cool cocktails that they've come up with that are themed. So yeah, and the Dawa bar I feel like is the perfect little oasis because that area tends to get pretty hot. Oasis. Oasis. Yes. <laughs> that area tends to get pretty hot because um, there's just less shade available. So to be under a, a shady um, piece of architecture and feel like, yeah, you know, they have the fans going. And if you have a nice ice cold drink, like that sounds beautiful. It's usually like some live entertainment <laughs> right. nearby that you can sort of observe. So, yeah, that's a great spot. Um, yeah, we got and Hollywood Studios has a couple of those as well. But those are what I had. Oh, one more. Tambu Lounge at Polynesian. If um, Yes. If Trader Sam's is uh, <laughs> full up and there's a long wait, you can always go up to the Tambu Lounge next to uh, Ohana. And it's it's not the you know most lavish, great bar ever, but it's a, 
I like that you're in the lobby of the Polynesian there, so it's a it's a nice spot to just take a beat, grab a drink, and uh, yeah, relax. Yeah. Boy, Hollywood Studios has really become the lounge park. Yeah. You know, it bums me out that they didn't build that Tower of Terror lounge. That would have really sealed it as like, this is, you know. I wonder if they didn't because maybe copyright had something to do with it. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But also, that area is used for events. And so maybe they figured that would interfere with their ability to put on after hours events. Which, if you've ever seen any photos of weddings or uh, corporate events from the Tower of Terror um, courtyard. Yeah. It, it's magnificent. Super cool. The only issue is you can't have anything until the park closes, so you're looking at like a 10 p.m. event. Right, right. At the earliest. And then done on a lot of these events, you can, I'm sure you have to pay, but they'll run the ride for you. Oh, yeah. They, they call it a ride mix-in. <laughs> you know, we'll have to do a Disney Weddings oh, um, podcast at one point yeah. because everything I learned through planning a Disney wedding, it it you can make it anything you want. They will do, yeah. And they if, will do it. If you'll write the check, they'll, they'll make it happen, so. <laughs> yes. Um, All magic comes at a price. Yeah. And anyone who's ever seen the Once Upon a Time show, when I first heard that, I was like, yep. <laughs> that is a euphemism for Walt Disney World. Sure is. Um, all right, well, that's... It's gonna about wrap it up. I had a few here that I need to try. I'll, I'll rattle those off, I guess. I've never been to La Cava de Tequila. Yep, that's always been... so packed. And yeah, you know, I we're poke not, my head in. We're not about to like take shots at the bar. It's just right, not, that's not really not us. Really us. Um, Raglan Road, I haven't been to. Yep. Abracadabra, I've walked through but never sat there and enjoyed a drink. Yep. Same thing with the Edison. We poked. Oh we, yeah, uh, I'd love to go there. there. So those are my list for ones to try. So we'll have to try a few of those in the next year or two, and maybe do a, a part two yeah. with all the stuff we've done since this Sounds episode. Great. Uh, all right, so that'll wrap it up for this episode of Everything We Love About Disney. Gina, where can folks find and follow you on the Disney socials? Yeah, so I am. Uh, will run for disney it's willrunfordisney.com i can be found on instagram facebook and twitter and you can find the diz quiz on those platforms as well at the diz quiz and then if you are a youtube watcher listener you can find us on podcast services if you're a podcast listener then head over to youtube as well so whichever kind of platform works for you podcast available on apple on google on spotify on most of them and if if there's one that you'd like it to be on and it's not on there yet, let me know and I'll see what I can do. And then if you are a podcast listener, leaving a little uh, rating and review on the podcast app really does help with the show. So we appreciate you listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And until next time, I've been Tommy T. I'm Gina. We will see you real soon. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>